0: I wonder does anyone listen so they to say you're paying attention? I wonder do does anyone listen to say you're paying attention? does anyone listen to say you're paying attention? I wonder does anyone listen to say you're paying attention? I wonder does anyone listen to say you're paying attention? I wonder does anyone listen to say you're paying attention? anyone listen to say paying attention? What's going on everybody, welcome back to your favorite podcast, Thoughts by DeVille D.I. The Podcast, hope everybody's having a great day. You know what man, your boy DeVille was sitting back and I was thinking man, thinking over my travels and my expeditions through this lovely earth that we've been blessed with and I thought to myself, damn self, and self was like what? And I was like, you know, it's some real live grimy people out here. I mean, there's some real low-down, dirty, dirtbag, dirty dog people out here, right? And it made me think of a a Jay-Z line. Jay-Z once said that uh, he would show you how to move in a room full of vultures, right? And I was like, damn, you know, as a young boy, I heard that line and I like it. I thought it was just a fresh bar. But as a man, DeVille says damn it was right there's a lot of vultures out here you know vultures they prey on the sick the weak the already dead the dying and there's a lot of people out here like that and surprisingly a lot of times you run into these people while you're trying to do business you're not necessarily going to run into these people exclusively in the street or if you're into some shady activities you could be working a job at freaking... Walmart, you know, Costco or some shit, and you'll run into these same shady, grimy, low down, dirty, dirt bag type people. So, relax, because your boy DeVille is going to try to teach you a few things that can help you move in a room full of vultures. Now I know that here comes the, the Peppermint comedian. Oh, DeVille, DeVille, what, what makes you qualified to teach this? Uh, because I said so. See, a lot of people um, tend to think that you can only get advice about things like this from some guy who, who wears a suit and has some title in front of his name and all of that type of crap. But you, you don't. Because, as I said before, we're all dealing with these same situations these same people, it doesn't matter if you work at Burger King, you can encounter some of these same type of problems. These same people that are around you to try to see what they can pull out of you or what they can get out get from you or how they can use you or how they can take advantage of you. Those people are everywhere. From the corporate office to the freaking lawnmower company, right? So I'm just gonna try to get you with, hit you with some key disciplines today to help you move in the room for vultures. You ready? So, my first point, and this may or may not be the most important. I haven't decided yet. I know it's high on the list. It's listen. Listen. When you enter a room, when you're on the block, when you walk into the boardroom, when you walk into the freaking uh, the interview room, wherever you're at, listen to the people around you. Let them talk. See, one key mistake that we make is we always want to get our stuff off, right? We always want to enter the room Tell people how great we are What we have going on And so on and so forth When really You should be listening You should let everybody else talk Because If you let somebody talk long enough Eventually they'll expose themselves Eventually they're going to show you Who they really are And if you listen a little bit longer They maybe even will expose you what What their Intentions are See, that's part of the the agenda to get you talking, to get you talking, to get you start talking about yourself in hopes that you will expose yourself, that you will tell all of your business, your plans, your ideas, where you want to be, where you're set to be, you know, what your goals are, you know what I mean? I've seen people sit in in a waiting room, waiting to get an interview, go to an interview, and, you know, I've overheard them talking to each other you know, uh, uh, kind of lightweight discussing, you know, what they were going to say or what kind of questions that they think that they're going to get asked. And then I've witnessed these same people go into the room back to back and one guy says something that he heard the other guy say. So now when the second guy comes in, who do you think is going to get credit for coming up with that? The guy who came in at first and said it. So now everybody feels like he's copying off of him. When really, he just took a good answer to a question, you know what I mean, and, and 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 made it his own because he was up first. It's the type of things that people do out here. So, you got to be leery. You got to be aware of that type of stuff. And ultimately, like I said, man, just shut up sometimes. Sometimes it's best to just sit back. Let everybody else do the talking. Don't be afraid that people are going to think you're stupid or you don't know what's going on because that's the beauty of shutting up they don't know where you stand you could be a complete freaking idiot but nobody can prove that until you open your mouth and prove it yourself that you're an idiot you get where I'm going? Just be observant just be observant, just sit there and you watch let everything go on respond when people address you you know, if you have if you generally have something to say edgewise into the conversation throw it in there It'll help you expose who who are the vultures around you. Because once people get going, once people get rolling, majority of people will say, are going to say something that they wish they hadn't said. And you're like, okay, got you. I know where you're at. I know where your head's at, right? Another mistake that I see a lot of people make, whether it's in the street, the boardroom, classroom, wherever, is being mad thirsty don't be thirsty I don't care what uh, uh, they say on the commercials <laughs> don't be thirsty what I mean is don't be thirsty is don't just rush out there and and put yourself out there don't seem like you're in search of something as if you need something you know that exposes your underbelly that exposes your vulnerabilities. you know people have now they look at you and they say oh Okay, think of it like this. If a guy walks up to you and he says uh, something like, let's make it as simple as possible. If a guy walks up to you, he tells you a sad story and everything, and then he, he ends it off with, let me hold $5. Hours. He's exposed his hand. Now you know this guy's kind of in a bad way. He's desperate, he needs your $5. Now you can manipulate the situation. Now you can say, well, hey, do this for me for the $5. Or you can string them along and play with them about the $5 until you actually decide whether or not you're going to give them the $5. And, you know, you can get this guy, hey, run to the store for me right quick. You don't give me the $5? Man, just go to the store. That person is more likely to, to be uh, susceptible to suggestion and willing to take the first thing that's handed to them because he, he needs it, you know that he needs five dollars. So maybe I can get him to wash my car, and I'm only gonna give him three bucks. I'm gonna tell you, wash, wash my tires. I give you three bucks because you know the man is desperate. But let's say, you know, you and the home is chilling, and you know y'all doing whatever. And you walk in the store and you, you're getting ready to buy something. He's like, "Oh man, I left my wallet in the car. Let me get five bucks." Or he just says, "Let me get five bucks. Here, man." Because he never expressed that whole Desperation It it wasn't like He needed it But if you could give it to me You know I'd like for you to give it to me Keep me from walking Back to my car You know I see that mistake a lot of times People go into Something like a job interview And they get asked Oh, what makes makes you want to work here? Well, man I I just, you know It's been kind of rough I lost my other job I've been trying to get get back on my feet, I need somewhere, I need to get started, looking for something stable, so on and so forth. Basically what you just told me is you need the job. So, do you think I'm going to pay you top dollar when I know you need a job? No, we're going to make him an offer. We're going to lowball him. He's desperate. But when, um, let's say a guy walks into an interview and he says, you know, why you want to work here? Well, really, I'm just exploring my options. I'm trying to check out and see, you know, what's out here. Trying to, you know, put a couple of fillers out. See what comes my way. Company is interesting. You know, what are you guys doing? X, Y, Z. I'm very interested in that. You know, trying to see how I could fit into that. How I could be a part of that. See, now you're making it seems as if you're the one that's coming in and you're bringing the value to the situation. So, who do you think is going to get the better offer? The guy who came in and he's desperate. He just needs a job. Or the guy who's just like, hey, I'm here. See what's going on. If if you make me an offer, we'll see what it's like. Now, at the end of the day, more likely than not, the desperate guy will be the one to get hired. Because they're going to lowball him. And he's going to accept it. Because he's desperate. But let's say they're hiring they're gonna hire both of them the second guy he's he's probably gonna get a better offer they're gonna hire both of them for the same job they're gonna offer the first guy peanuts they're gonna offer the next guy steak because we got we're trying now we're trying to entice him we don't need to entice the second guy the first guy we just throw something out there he's biting already he's snapping at the bits chomping at the bits for an offer we just throw him off right there. He's gonna take probably whatever first name off him. But this guy, we gotta make it appealing because he doesn't really seem like he needs to be here. But I'm looking at his credentials. I'm listening to him talk, and he seems like he'd be an asset to have. So now we gotta we gotta let's bump it up a little bit. Just bump it up a little bit, trying to make him see if we can make him bite. So, moving right along, move right along through a room full of vultures, right? So my next tip is going to be, don't be a puppy, be a big dog. Yo, what the hell is you talking about, puppies and dogs? Relax, I'm going to tell you, you see, you ever had a puppy? Ever been around a puppy? You see how easily excited that puppy is? You come over, you come home, you walk in, that puppy comes running across the room, living room so fast that he might smack into the door. He's jumping up and down, he's barking, he's yelping, he's falling over himself, he's tripping over himself. He's ecstatic to see you. He keeps that same energy for the whole rest of the night till you make that puppy go to bed. The big dog, the older dog, the grown dog, it's been around a while you come home, he comes, he comes, he walks up to you, he's happy to see, you. he's wagging his tail, he sticks his head out for a little bit of affection, a little approval, good boy, how, how was your day, sir, maybe I'm not one to talk to my dog like that, but either way, then the big dog, he goes back over to his chair, his bed, his toy, his corner, Basically, he goes back to doing whatever the hell he was going to do. Now, that puppy, you drops something in the kitchen, puppy jumps up. He's barking. He's making hella noise. He said, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Drops something in the kitchen. Big dog. Grown dog. Looks up. Sees. Recognizes. it's nothing really going on. Goes back to doing what he was doing. The young dog. Take him outside. Everything that he sees, he's after. He's excited, strangers, whatever, anybody, doesn't matter, puts himself in danger, running up on cats, cats clawing the hell out of him. He don't know no better, he's just happy to be here. Big dog, grown dog, goes outside, looks around. He knows not to run out in the street. He knows not to go bother Miss Jenkins' cat, cause Miss Jenkins will get at his ass with that broom. He knows not to go chase the mailman, He knows that everybody's not his friend. He knows that his job is to protect his home and his family. See what I'm saying? When you walk into that room, be graceful. Come in. Be happy to be there. Show respect. Give it knowledge. Receive the acknowledgement. And then have your seat going about your business. Don't be easily impressed. Don't overreact to things Positive or negative why? because the same way that you're trying to read this room this room is trying to read you they're trying to see what pushes your buttons some people are looking for something that they can use against you later so they're throwing little tidbits out they're trying to see what pushes your buttons what gets a row out of you what gets you worked up so now I know how to use them they're also looking to push those good buttons. What, what does he get excited about? What, what what makes him happy? What makes his eyes light up? Because now I got a carrot. I can dangle in front of his donkey ass. To get him to do what I want him to do. You got to be lukewarm. Don't be excited until it's time to be excited. Because. People use that against you. You know. Uh, uh, very quickly. Very quickly. If they say. Something about a promotion, and your eyes light up, and and, and, you know, you start getting flushed. You know, your face starts getting flushed, and they say, Oh, that's where he said this guy wants He wants a promotion, he wants to level up. So, hey, now, hey, hey, check this out, Jay. Check this out, Jay. Uh, I got this project coming up, right? And I'm gonna need some help on it now. It's gonna require for you to work some long hours. I'm not gonna be able to pay you in overtime, though going to be some long hours, probably going to need you in six days a week, but I really, really need your input on this project, and it'll be a great, it'll be a great career move, it'll be a great look for your career later on, now, maybe that he's trying to set you up for success, maybe that he's trying to put you in position to win, so that when that project goes through, and they say, hey, how'd you put this together, they say, Jay, Jay, I couldn't have did it without Jay. This was all Jay. Jay put in them long hours but we couldn't pay him overtime. He was working six days a week. He wasn't getting to see his kids at night. To put this project together, Jay's a great guy. Jay's our guy. Or what can happen? And what more often happens is Jay puts in that work. He doesn't get paid any overtime. He's in there six days a week. He's missing out on it. He missed it. Little well, Sally's recital. He missed Junior's soccer game. He missed date night with the wife. Where he was going to get a little. You know what I'm saying. Missed all that. Putting in his work. Because in Jay's head. This is a great career move. This is the thing. This is the one. That's going to put me. Up there. This is going to get my, me some FaceTime. This is going to. People in, in the corporate world. This world. Love to talk about FaceTime. And getting FaceTime. And I'm not talking about iPhones. But. This is this is a good move. But then the project comes, project gets turned in. They say, damn, this is a great project. How'd you put it together? Well, you know, I just I uh, had to bend down and do what I needed to do, to get it done. They don't mention Jay. They don't mention Jay. They don't acknowledge the, all, all those hours that Jay worked reading and painting all the time. They don't acknowledge that Jay put in six days a week and missed out his piano satin. They don't acknowledge that Jay had anything to do with the project. They were using you, Jay. They saw something that made your eyes glisten. They saw the thirst in you. They saw your your your, your mouth start watering at the thought of gaining, you know, some some uh, some points that's gonna push you into the hierarchy. That you so much desire. And they dangled that carrot out there in front of your donkey ass and he went for it. Yeah, man. Don't go for it. These are just a few things I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there, man. Make this, you know, nice and convenient for your morning commute. If you guys enjoyed this, you know what I mean, let me know and I'll keep going with it. Room full of Oh, man, that was a good one. Sorry. Yeah man, Facetime, Facetime. For y'all, for those of y'all that don't know, this is the type of terminology that people use. Facetime. You know, it's simple. It is what it sounds like. It's, it's getting uh, people to know your face, being out there, being in the mix, moving around with people uh, of importance, so that they, you know, start to recognize who you are and what you do, and so on and so forth. And it's a great thing. It's nothing bad about it, but. At the same time, you know, um, it's one of those carrots that they can dangle in front of your donkey ass and get you to do what they want you to do when they want you to do it, you know what I mean? And and none of this stuff, see, this is something that I want to be clear about, though. None of this stuff is bad. None of these are really bad business practices. They're they're business practices that pretty much, I'm going to say, everybody does in one way or another. But the, imp- the way they're implemented is what can put a negative spin on it because there are people who are just conniving and they're, they're trying to work their way to the top and achieve their goals and get what they want with no concern on how it affects you. These are the people, the vultures that I'm talking about, these are the people that you have to watch out for. I've been blessed to work with a great team and you know, in my profession, you know. but it's out there. I've been in situations before. Where I fell victim in this, I had a short story. I had, a I had a um, at my previous job. I had a great, or at least at the time, I felt like he was a great boss. And this guy would always tell me about, you know, we're, we're gonna create a supervisor position, so and when we do, you know, that's you, that's you. I was like, damn. So I was like, anything this guy needed, I was on it. Double timing. Anything, I got it done, working extra hard. But then what happened? Once it came time where they actually created that position, I didn't even—I didn't even know they created the position until something else, someone was hired for it. And then I'm looking at him like, and he's looking at me. He feels the vibe. So once this guy walks off, he pulls me to the side. He's like, look, uh. I told you, I know what I told you and you know, but you know, for this being the first time we're having this position, the company wanted to go in this direction, he's got experience and yada yada yada, but you know there's gonna be more positions like this opening up, and I got you, just trust me, I got you. So I I went along with it, and this guy ended up leaving the company. He got the hell on and I never got that position and I was promised. Because I, I fell for him dangling that front from my donkey. Take this information and use it however you will. But remember to be the reason somebody's motivated to masturbate today. Either way, you made a difference, my friend. Thank you for tuning in to The Dia Thoughts about The Dia D. I love each and every last one of y'all. I'm out of here, man. Peace.